All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for everything. Martha and I really love reading your feedback. So I'm Frank Goodman. And Martha. Martha, you brought up a a good topic for this week, and I'm opening and I'm giving you the floor. It's all yours okay. for your introduction. Okay, Frank. Well, you know, we've talked about a lot of things over the podcast. We've talked about the dysphoria, diaspora rather, and we've talked about Martin Luther King's birthday, and we recently just covered Black History Month. Our goal was to pass on this legacy and to pass on a sense of the heritage of our people to others that come after us. And in the last episode, you know, we talked about Dr. Carter G. Woodson, the founder of Black History Month, which actually began as a Black History Week. But after talking to you, I was left wondering if he had a family and what did they think of him? And it's a funny thing that sometimes, sometimes and somehow things just seem to connect. I don't know if you sense that. Right. But breadcrumbs of history are always left for me to find after we have our discussion. And as it would happen, I stumbled on an interview with the great-grandnephew of Dr. Woodson. And as I listened to this discussion about the Woodson family and what they thought of their distinguished relative, I found it covered many of the things that we talked about in our old school podcast. It addressed genealogy, DNA, heritage, and most importantly, legacy of a family. It gave me a glimpse into the generational divide between the old and the young. Hmm. And it showed the views of those who have a lot, meaning that they have privilege versus those who have less. And it also showed me somehow that it was not unusual and no different from many of us, for many of us have in our same families and in our communities discussions about family and DNA and history. And those discussions can be contentious and sometimes awkward. Hmm. But I believe ultimately God plants in each one of us the seeds of wisdom. And that's why we have such a great podcast here. We've covered those topics. We've discussed those relating to family genealogy and particularly the reluctance of addressing the past. And we know how we talk about younger people feeling disconnected and not wanting to know their own history and the possible reasons why this occurred. While others feel it necessary, who are not part of our community, to remove all remnants of who we are and to try to remove us from history. Centuries have been spent trying to remake us and remove our Africanness, but I know it cannot be removed from us, for that is who we are, it is in our DNA, and that's a given fact. American history, to me, is like a scar that has never fully healed. We're diabetics that must watch every open cut, hoping that it will fully heal, mm -hmm. but is still there and can be infected without us being aware. I thought of my own struggles within my family to educate them and show them the long timeline of history that they have in America, and I'm sure you've done the same. We both agree the task is not easy, but it has to be done, and we gladly accept the challenge. 
most of all, I came away from everything thinking, man, I need bigger shoes. Hmm. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot to take in. Um, it is. For me. And while you were presenting your introduction, a lot of things came to my mind. And I okay. try to stay recent whenever I reflect during our uh, introductions. Mm -hmm. One of the things I thought about as I was listening to you, you know, my wife and I went to the commissary on Fort Benning. Right. And we saw several customers walking around with African garb garments on. Mm-hmm. And I was just itching. <laughs> I, was, you know, I was just itching to ask okay. one of them, like, uh, why are you wearing that? And can you name somebody in your family? <laughs> you know, I was ready to ask that question, you know. Can right. you name someone in your family that was born between 1619 and 1865? <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you name that person? So I wanted not, and so I'd never ask anyone because I would not <laughs> want to attack anyone, right? For wearing the for wearing the clothing, but my thing is okay. The church you were you were attending, whatever event you attended, did you all walk away knowing about your history, or are you just wearing the garments and saying we're showing our Africanness? our blackness. We're showing it. The other thing I thought about when you said the shoe is just too big. Mm -hmm. Then I thought about growing up and we would go to the shoe, sto shoe store. Mm -hmm. And every time you, you would go to the shoe store, there were two primary things you would see. Mm -hmm. You would see a stool sitting in front of a chair and then the salesperson would come over with this metal device. And they would have you to, to take your shoes off, put your foot on that metal device, mm -hmm. and it will measure the width of your foot, and it will measure the length of your foot. True. And by the time they finish, they will say, you wear a size 8.5B. Mm-hmm. Or C or D mm -hmm. or E. And mm -hmm. they would go to the back room and they would ask you which shoe that you do you like. And they would come out with three or four boxes. Right. But all of them would be an eight and a half B. Mm hmm <laughs> You know? Mm-hmm. And you would put that shoe on and then they would ask you to stand up and they would press down on the toe mm -hmm. to make sure you had enough growing room. And mm -hmm. they would talk to you about as you as, as you walk around during the day, your feet swell. Mm -hmm. and, and this would be how comfortable that shoe would be on you. And they had that customer service. By the time they finished, they had eight boxes out there. That's true. But you left with a shoe that would fit. Mm -hmm. But now we have one size fits all. <laughs> you go in there and look on the shelf and you have to find your shoe size. You might find the eight and a half. But it's not going to be an A, B, C, or D. You're going to find an eight and a half. Yep. So I'm saying all of that because I am saying those are 
those were the basic things that we were used to. Those were, there were basic things that we were accustomed to in our lives. And now that we are looking at the world as one size fits all, we're trying to say that all of our issues are the same. Mm-hmm. Ethnically, culturally, or whatever. But they're mm-hmm. not the same. How you feel about one thing is different from how somebody else might feel about it. You and I go through this struggle, even with this podcast. Mm-hmm. We decide some days and we'll say, hey, it's just for the archives. Because we feel that we may not get the support because the issue might be too strong. Or maybe we have come off too strong. Mm-hmm. Then we sit back and we say, hey, this one right here is a hit. We think our guests are going to like it because of maybe the softness of it. But right. you and I are exploring history here. Right. We're actually trying to push ourselves as well as we're trying to push others. Mm-hmm. So am I offbeat with my assessment? Am I offbeat with my analysis? With your introduction, talk to me. Not at all. I think you made a valid point. And I, I like the fact that you said one size fits all. That's the modern way that we've done. Thinking that we've achieved something unique by doing it. But mm. what it does is it drains away the uniqueness of everybody's thoughts. hmm or everybody's foot size or garment size. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact all things can't be boiled down to one size fits all, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to human beings. Right. You can't say all families are the same. You can say that there's similarities in our experiences, mm-hmm. but every family is unique. We, we discover that every time we do the DNA or we do ancestry, looking at our families, we begin to see the uniqueness of how it's mixed together and how it's blended. And the same is true of our thoughts about who we are as a people. One size fits all doesn't fit all of us, but we try to at least accommodate and understand what's necessary for the majority of us. So what you're saying is very, very true. And, and we are faced with challenges to try to take that one size fits all and streamline it. And sometimes, you know, we did it in our families. We mm-hmm. got that dress that one size fits all mm-hmm. or that pair of pants that one size fits all. And we brought it home and we reconstructed it until it fit our body, mm-hmm. until it fit and looked good on us. Sometimes we turn that sweater backwards and button up the back way. Right. Chart a new trend, you know, mm-hmm. what we thought was a new trend. You know, sometimes the guy took the hat and he molded it in such a way that it had its own unique shape. And when he put it on his head, he made a statement because he was being unique with something that was geared toward everybody. He put his own spin on it. And I think like that, We need to put our own spin on our history and who we are. We don't do enough of that tweaking and enough of that reshaping of it 
to take the narrative out of the mainstream one size fits all and make it fit to who we are. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it. I see that we need to focus more on streamlining and, and educating our own selves again, because we came through periods in history where we were very educated about who we were. There was no doubt about what our goal was, no doubt about where we wanted to be in terms of our children. Right, most of the time, what we're doing, we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. We're doing it for the young people. At least in my family, I do it for the young people, hoping that whatever words and images and things that I tell them will someday be the source of their knowledge and make them prouder of who they are and see that they are not one size fits all in America. Mm-hmm. They're unique. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you do the same in your family. Mm-hmm. Every time we pull together those threads of the families together, we discover something uniquely new and unique to each family. We're not looking for sameness. We're not looking for the same thing to be found in every family because we know it can't be. Mm-hmm. We're looking for that uniqueness of every family. But like you mentioned in the very beginning, not knowing the timeline of your history in America is a disservice to not only you, but your future generations. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go 1619 to 1865. I think it's great. But I would even streamline it more to say, can you go back to somebody who lived in 1860? Hmm. Because maybe trying to go back too far might be too hard. But if you can go back to 1870 and 1860, then you can say, I know a timeline. And you can start to work forward. But I think what it is, is that we don't even understand how far 1870 is or 1865 is when clearly in the last podcast we've come across people that think their grandma who was born in 1928 Mm -hmm. is part of the civil war right right that's not the case Mm -hmm. so we have to get our understanding of the timeline of history more factual than we have and we start by the last census, which is the 1950 census, we can work back from there because most of us now can find our families on those census records. You know, one of the things that I think I found frustrating is that the census should be released more often than it is. Right. But I think there's a deliberate plan not to release it because sometimes I wonder if they don't want you to see that you were doing well, that your family owned a home, that you lived in a decent neighborhood. They want you to always think that you're living exactly the way you are today. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. And not only that, on the opposite end of that, Mm -hmm. we still have, America is still struggling with the burden. Hmm. It is still struggling with the burden of its own history. Yeah. And so we are that burden, not the only burden, 
We are that burden that calls out America all the time. Mm-hmm. We are reminding America of its own Holocaust. Mm-hmm. When I started this podcast, I actually thought that one size fits all. Because I remember when families would return, when we would come together as families coming in from north, south, east, and west, we were all telling the same stories. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the mother, the mother sitting on the front porch, and they were able to look out and communicate with another mother next door, and they were they had the authority to correct somebody else's child, even to physically spank them. Mm-hmm. They had that authority. But the other mothers understood that because what I didn't realize when I first started the podcast, I wasn't thinking neighborhood watch, but Mm -hmm. that's what they were doing. And then when we talked about other things that all of us could relate to, I thought that would be a continuous thing that would, it just stays funny. But all of a Mm -hmm. sudden when I realized that the stories I was talking about had to do with history. And now old school has now become a history lesson. Yep. It changed my life. Yep, changed mine as well. So at that point, we started asking for that old apparatus that was measuring the width of your foot (laughs) and the length of your shoe because we wanted the right size. We wanted to start taking you on a journey, asking you to follow your genealogy and take either that actual travel or trip or tour or do the vicarious one Mm -hmm. through the the census report. What state are you in? What city are you in? What county are you in? Who lived next door? What street are you on? Mm Mm-hmm. And then when people began to talk about history, because I listen to many different people talk about history, and I don't believe that all African-Americans can give a class on African-American history. Nope. And that white people or Asian people or Hispanics cannot give it. But what I do believe is that for me, If you're not African-American, you can't feel what I feel. True. Because I have to live with the image every day. I have lived with the image all of my life. So you might have knowledge. It's like the young person, regardless of race, that can sing the hip-hop song better than me. I don't know Mm -hmm. the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I don't know the lyrics. But it doesn't replace who I am because you might know dates and times better than I do. But I know the people. I'm attached to the people whose lives were impacted. I am a descendant of those people. So that is what I'm looking at. That is why I really push this podcast. We talk about it all the time. That is what I look for in our audience. I look for our audience to participate. 
either by providing statements or saying, I'm willing to come on as a guest. Right. I want to make sure that you and I are leaving these recordings to make sure we fill that gap for those who refuse to talk about African-American history, old school thoughts. And I think I also want the audience to be curious. Don't just accept something because the one size fits all. Mm. You know, there's many people walking around with shoes that have caused them to have foot issues because that one size fits all. Mm. But if they were to put their money together and save it over time, they can get a pair of shoes that's designed to fit their fit, hmm. their foot. Yeah. Sometimes we can't always go with the easy route. And sometimes while it's attractive to do it the easy route, it's always better if you know the details of what the discussion is about. If you know the history of America and how it's treated your family, because it always comes down to your family and my family locked in a situation in an environment that has been always pushing against them. Mm -hmm. But we have to train young people to present a proper argument to shut down all of the nonsense that comes at them. We need to be better versed at how to fight when someone gives you a little bit of a statement that is incorrect or it is misrepresenting who you are. Instead of saying, oh, well, that's the way it is. No, you can say that's not who I am. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. I can point to this many generations of freedom. I love when you always say that. We need to be capable and have our children capable. Mm -hmm. And that takes work, but we need to do it. Well, we have the 13th, 14th, and the 15th Amendment. Yes, we do. We need to and understand what? how deep that goes. Yes. How it pertains to our basic liberties in this right. country. Yes. If someone asks us, no more than I ask you and challenge you to know the name of a person that lived during the period of slavery, mm -hmm. then the next question should be, what amendments to the Constitution provided you with the status that you have today? That's right. And we should know those amendments. We should know it. All the way up to Amendment right. 26, all the way up to 1969, when all African-American women were given the right to vote. That's right. But we need to know that because those are the basic elements mm -hmm. of our existence in this world that we consider to be free. Right. So It also gives us a footprint, doesn't it? Right. It gives us a way to track back and to see the relevance of every um, challenge that we've met. And there's been many challenges, but I don't think we put it in the perspective of understanding it in terms of the legal representation of the law. Right. And we need to be better versed at that. We should also know the First Amendment because that's the freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. And right now, freedom of speech is being challenged everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's part of why they don't want you to read certain books in school. That's that's a right for you to be able to read and talk about books. Mm 
But when they say it makes me feel bad, well, what about how bad I felt? No. They're not we're not challenging it in the right way. We're not. And we can do it better. We can do we can always improve. You know? I'd hate to see that we don't fight and we don't have a challenge or come back. Well, Martha. Yes. I want to thank you for thank leading you. us into this discussion. Thank you. And I would like for you to close it out. And well, I'd say, I look forward to us coming back next week, but I would like for you to close it out. Frank, I will always say to everyone out there, thank you for listening. Frank, thank you for being the best host possible. Okay. We have a lot of work to do and we're up to the challenge. So if everybody will stick with us, we can make progress moving forward. So on that note, I'd like to say to our listeners in the audience, thank you for everything you do. We're going to say that we love you. I love you. We're going to say to you always be good. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.